All right. Tonight, I want to deal with tonight. I want to deal with um, how to develop a divine friendship. OK, I, I want to deal with the topic tonight on developing a divine friendship. OK, developing a divine friendship. Tonight, we're going to talk about uh, developing a divine friendship, you know, and it's important because we have relationships with everybody else. We have friends that we call in the earth. Um, our friends, but we want to talk about how to develop a divine friendship because everything that God is going to do in your life is going to be connected to your relationship. Your relationship with God is going to be how God funnels everything to you through your relationship. Okay. Uh, uh, your relationship is going to be the source of how you get to that next place. And so you have to know how to develop a divine friendship with God so that you can receive the benefits of relationship. Now, uh, I'm going to teach a lot. I got some nuggets for you tonight. Now, why is relationship important? Relationship is important because it's important to God. Relationship is important because God is a God of relationship. Okay. Our God is a God of relationship. Relationship is important because he's a God that enjoys, that creates, that has established relationships. He is a God of relationship. He, that, that is what the whole Bible really consists of. It consists of relationships. Our relationship with God God's relationship with us, our relationship with others. It is about creating a divine relationship from Genesis to Revelation. And so you have to understand when you're reading the Bible, you're reading about a God that is a God of relationship. When you are involved with God, he is a God that is a God of relationship. Now, what is a relationship? What is a relationship? This is the Pastor Adrian definition of what a relationship is. A relationship is an intimate connection with boundaries and benefits okay for all of those watching kids teenagers mothers daughters everybody family and friends if you're watching a relationship remember this is an intimate connection with boundaries and benefits so some people have a marriage relationship so you have an intimate connection with boundaries and benefits you have uh, um, a relationship with your children you have an intimate connection with them and it's, it has boundaries and benefits. You have a business relationship. You can have a business relationship where you have an intimate connection because you all are connected for the purpose of business. And there are boundaries and benefits with that relationship. There are all types of relationships. You have a you have a co-worker relationship, but it's an intimate connection because you are all there looking to produce for your job. And there are boundaries and benefits. OK, there, 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 there's there's a relationship in every realm of your life. But tonight we're talking about the divine relationship, because the divine relationship then is an intimate connection with God, with both boundaries and benefits. That means there are boundaries, means that there are limits. There are things that I can and cannot do. There are restrictions within the relationship. And I've taught this before. But there also, with every restriction, there's a reward. You know, in a relationship, it's not just about what I cannot do. 
in a relationship is all about what I cannot do, but also what I receive when I fulfill the desires of the person I'm in the relationship with. OK, so your relationship should be both boundaries and benefits. If you do not have boundaries and if you do not have benefits, then you are not in relationship. <laughs> you know, I had a cousin had, had a cousin of mine. I'm not going to call him out Had a cousin of mine. And he was like, I don't I don't care what this other person does that I'm in relationship with. I don't care what she does. She can do whatever she want to do. You, you, you know why he said that? Because. He didn't really care, you know, you know, you know, you didn't really care about what the person does because you are not in a real relationship with this person. Because when you are in a real relationship with someone, there are boundaries. There are things that you expect them not to do. There are things that you cannot do. And there are things that are benefits for being in a relationship with that person. Listen, and the same thing with God. The reason why there are boundaries in God is because he cares. My God, the reason why God restricts us and tells us not to eat of the tree of the good knowledge of good and evil, the reason why he tells us not to go here, not to do that, not to partake in certain things is not because he's trying to restrict us. It is because he loves us. And when you have relationship, there is love and love has boundaries. And also because he loves us, he also gives us the benefit of his love. OK, so you've got to understand that. And, and this is in the natural and the spiritual. When you have relationship, there are boundaries and benefits. I hope my daughters are watching. They understand that you can't be involved with a dude and there's no boundaries and there can be no benefit. All right. God bless you. All right. Now, listen, in the beginning of time, here's 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 a divine relationship. Here's what's happening. You got to understand this. All right. So in the beginning of time, God is walking with man in the earth. And in the end of time, man is walking with God in heaven. Now, from a from a from a theological uh, perspective, it is called inclusio. When the author of a book gives you something in the beginning, and then he brings that back in the end to reiterate what he said in the beginning, and so this is a theological inclusio where God, the author is showing us in the beginning of time, he wanted relationship with man. But here's what he does. In the beginning of time, God walks with man in the earth. In the conclusion of things, in the end, man is walking with God in heaven. <laughs> but here's the thing, from the beginning to the end, it's all about man and God walking together in relationship. My God. In the beginning, listen, listen, in the beginning, it is an earthly relationship. It is a natural relationship. God is here talking and walking with the men. In the end, it is a spiritual relationship where man is transferred up to heaven and man is walking and talking with God where God is. What am I trying to tell you? That this whole process is trying to get man from an earthly place to a spiritual place. So from the beginning of Genesis throughout Revelation, God is taking man through a process to get him to a divine relationship with him. Because with the divine relationship with him, man will not stay earthly, but he will his destination will be heavenly. Man will not stay in the natural, 
he will be in the spiritual. Man will not stay in the flesh. He will now have a, a divine relationship with God. Listen, the relationship with God is designed to go from natural to spiritual. Mm -hmm. That's why God came here first to establish us in the earth, to establish a relationship with man where man was so that that man could be where God is. My God, <laughs> if, if God never comes where man is, man can never be where God is. My Jesus. God has to come to where man is and relate to man so that man can relate back to God and eventually end up where God is. My God. And the whole purpose of this is for relationship. He desired from the beginning throughout eternity to have relationship with him. I told you on Sunday, and if you did not watch Sunday, I promise you, you better. I'm commanding you right now to go back and watch Sunday because I, I talked about how the Bible is the story of eternity. It, it is God's story of eternity. And in this story of eternity, God is constantly trying to have relationship with man. What am I? Do you not hear me? If you're watching this, I, I, I've got I've got ants watching this, roaches watching this. I got friends, haters. I've got business people watching this. I got people from all types of the world and all types of people. I got people just nosy. I got people that's just loving me. I got I got family. But listen, if you're watching this, I'm telling you, God wants a relationship with you. He, he wants a relationship with you. That's the whole purpose. That, that's why he's been calling you. That's why you're created. That's why you are here. Not to just go to work and go to school. It's, it's God has a story of eternity that he's already written. And in that story, he desires you to be in relationship with him. He's been calling you, man. He's been calling you, teenager. He's been calling you, woman of God. He's been calling you, sinner. He's been calling you, Muslim. He's been calling you into relationship with him. Hallelujah. Because that is the whole purpose of God. The whole purpose of the Bible is that we would have relationship with the Father. Hallelujah. Now, here's what I got, what you got to understand. The, the, the Bible is, is, a, is, is a relationship book. <laughs> the Bible is a relationship book, okay? The Bible is a relationship book showing you how to successfully transition from a natural experience with God to a, a spiritual experience with God. The whole Bible is a relationship book, you know? If you, if you, and I'm not going to get into all types of relationships because guess what? All types of relationships, and every type of relationship that you can name is in the Bible. Is it is it both evil relationships and good relationships, both natural and spiritual, both 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 good bad. All relationships are mapped out in the Bible. The Bible is a relationship book. That's what it is, <laughs> and it is about how man can transition from a natural experience to a spiritual experience with God. When I read the Bible, I am gaining information about how to transition out of this natural experience with God 
to have a spiritual experience with God because that's where God wants me to be. All right. Because until you have a spiritual experience with God, you cannot see God. You cannot experience God in his fullest. You cannot go back with God when he comes because only those that have a spiritual experience with him. Now, you may have a natural experience with God. As a matter of fact, every time you wake up in the morning and you see the sun shining, you are having a natural experience with God because, because God has placed that sun there. He called it. He declared it. And you are seeing God every day through seeing the sunrise. When you drive through And you go to the beach, you're having a natural experience with God because God created the beach. He created the mountains. You, 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 so, so you have a natural experience with God. But in order for to have a real relationship, you must have a spiritual relationship with God. See, that's what God is calling you into now, not just a natural experience, because God has mercy on whoever he wants to have mercy on. You know, you're saying, well, God must love me because I'm still here. God loves you because you're still here, but that doesn't mean that you have a, a relationship with him in the spirit because, because only those that have experienced him in the spiritual can really have a spiritual relationship with him. Now, my question to you tonight is, do you have a spiritual relationship with him? Are you connected with him in friendship? Huh? Are you, are you in friendship with God? Are you familiar with him? Are you walking with him spiritually on a regular basis? Okay. That's the question, because the Bible is a book of relationship trying to show you how to transition from natural to a spiritual experience. Now, let's go to Matthew. Go to the word. We're almost there, class. Y'all stay with me. If you love the Lord, shout hallelujah right where you are. All right. Matthew 16, 15 through 19. He saith unto them, uh, this is Jesus, you know, talking with the disciples. Um, and Jesus saith unto them, but whom say you that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Listen, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And he said, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, is he talking about is he talking about a natural rock? Is he talking about this rock? Is he talking about a natural church? Is he talking about a church building? No, he is telling them that with this revelation, my God, hear me tonight, with this revelation, you are going to transition into a new relationship with me because you are going to going, going to go from experiencing me in the earth, Peter, because he was walking with Peter physically. Jesus is talking to Peter physically, but he's transitioning Peter and showing him that upon this revelation that you have, that I am the Christ, he said, upon this revelation, you're going to have now a new experience with me, and I'm going to build my church around that rock of revelation. <laughs> my God, I am going to build my church off of revelation that I am the Christ. I am the Messiah. I am the anointed one that came to save. I am God in the earth. And so the church is going to be built spiritually. It's going to be a spiritual church with spiritual people that understand the revelation of who God is. I feel Jesus right here in the studio because I just told you that you must have a revelation of who God is 
in order to be in the church. My God. See, there's, there's a difference between going to church and having the revelation that you need to have a re relationship with God. See, revelation is the only thing that gives you relationship. My God. <laughs> going to church is not good enough for you to say that I have a spiritual relationship with God. It's a bunch of people saying, well, I'm a believer. You know, I, I believe in Jesus Christ. I, I, I believe in who he is. But, but see, you must have revelation. In order to have relationship, you must have the revelation that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. You must understand that Jesus was God in flesh. He was Emmanuel. He was God with us. He is now God in us through the Holy Spirit. That same God that was over us as the Father, that is with us as Jesus, is now in us as the Holy Spirit. And it is that one God that gave us revelation that Jesus Christ in him does all fullness consist. In him does all fullness dwell. There is no need for another. He is God alone. He said, upon that rock of revelation, there will be a relationship that is built. Thank you, uh, Brandon, for putting this back up in here. There's a relationship that is built. And he said, and, and, and upon this, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, stay right there, Brandon. So is this is this talking about a physical, is this talking about a physical uh hell that is trying to come against? natural gates of the church no it is talking about a spiritual hell that is trying to come against a the spiritual kingdom and dominion of god hallelujah and so therefore in order for you to be in the church you must have a spiritual experience and in order for you to be protected from the spiritual gates of hell you must be in the spiritual church my god <laughs> hallelujah stay right there here's what's going to happen when you are in relationship with God, he says, and I will give unto thee, Peter, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, listen, he said in the natural, in the natural, you can release things in the spiritual. <laughs> my God, when you are in the spiritual church of God, in the natural, you can release things in the spiritual. My God, you cannot loose things in the natural and they be free in the spiritual unless you have the spiritual experience in the natural. My God, look back at this broadcast and you'll get that later. OK, you 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 in order for you to be able to have keys. These are not physical keys. Come on, because I'm telling you that God is transitioning. He's transitioning man in the New Testament church, in the New Testament scripture here, in Jesus Christ, here in Matthew. Jesus is transitioning man from a natural experience to a spiritual experience. Do you understand me, class? Wave at me, like me, something, put something in the heart, put something in the chat room, let me know you hear me. Now, go to Ephesians chapter 2. Let's go to Ephesians chapter two, Ephesians two, and then we'll read uh, verses one through five. And we'll, I got three points and we're ready to go. All right. And, and the Bible says here, and you have he quickened, made alive, which it means you have he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, 
among whom also we all had our conversation, which means our lifestyle. That word in Greek means lifestyle. We had our lifestyle in times past in the lust of our flesh, listen, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature in the natural. We were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Uh -huh. We were naturally disobedient. We were naturally lustful. We, we are naturally desiring to fulfill what's in the flesh and the mind because that's the natural experience. But God, verse four says, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, have quickened us together, made us alive together with Christ by grace, ye are saved. He said, listen, when you were in the natural and you were fulfilling everything that you were bad enough to do in the natural, the Bible says that God came into your natural through Jesus Christ and gave you a spiritual experience. My God. And now you are able to be saved by grace. Grace is not something that is natural. Grace is something that is spiritual. My God. And so God gives you a spiritual experience in your natural so that now in your natural, you can experience him in the spirit. He gives you grace, the supernatural power of grace. You ought to lift your hands right now where you are because there is a supernatural power that is coming into your heart, coming into your life, coming into your past, coming into your present. And that thing is called grace. My God. You cannot see it. It is invisible. As a matter of fact, it only comes from God. And so therefore, God is endowing you and depositing over your life something called invisible grace. My God. And it is grace that is saving you. It is grace that is delivering you from whatever your ailment is. It is grace that is giving you favor with God. It is grace that's giving you favor with other people. It is grace that is taking you and transforming you from a, a natural being to a spiritual being. It is done by grace. My God. Hallelujah. You ought to thank God. Put in chat right quick. Thank God for grace. I'm telling you, if I don't thank God for nothing else, I'm grateful for grace. <laughs> Is there anybody else other than me that's just grateful for, I'm grateful for grace, man. Thank God for grace. My God. And so, and so he says here, he says, by grace are you saved. Uh -huh. by, by something supernatural, something spiritual saves you in the natural so that you can have a spiritual experience. Now, uh, let's get through here. Uh, there are three components of developing a divine friendship, okay? I want to deal with this. There are three components of developing a divine friendship. Uh, now, my team, Duke, is not in the NCAA tournament, so I can preach for hours tonight because I don't have to watch any basketball for the next three weeks, okay? I'm done with basketball until next year. And, and, and so uh, I'm going to teach for that three hours. No, I'm <laughs> All right. So there are three components uh, of developing a divine friendship. There is potential. There is performance. There is proclamation. All right. There are three components of developing a divine friendship. And write these down. Remember these. Uh, there is potential. There is performance. And then there's proclamation. Now, let me share this with you. Because even in the even in the even the natural, uh, keep those things up, Brandon. Keep those uh, keep those uh, tips up. All right. So 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 
So in the natural, relationships are built the same way, okay? So in the natural, um, you have potential. See, before you can get into a relationship with somebody, you have to see the potential in them. All right. Now, I'm about to have a quick relationship class 101 with Pastor Adrian right now. I'm about to give y'all some facts. Don't be in a relationship with somebody that you don't see any potential from. <laughs> like, like, listen, sisters, don't let this dude fool you. I don't care how tall, dark, and handsome he is. If he does not have potential for anything great, don't you get into a relationship with anybody that you don't see great potential from. OK, so because when you first see a person, you don't know them exactly. You you build everything off of just their potential. I wonder what they could be. And I see what they could be, because relationships are built off initially of what could happen. Hallelujah. The next thing is, after you see their potential, then there has to be a performance. Now, you can't live off potential forever. No, you can't. You know what I mean? You know, when I first married my wife, I was living off potential. You know what I mean? I was, hey, girl, I'm, I'm going to do some great things. I promise you. I promise you this and I promise you that. I, I was living off potential. She saw my potential, but I can't live off potential no more. No, my wife want to see some performance. No, do what you said you're going to do. Take me here. Do this. Pay this. Take care of that. Because you said that if I just give you some time, then you will perform. Because in a certain period of time, you have to be able to perform. Not just potential. There must be in a relationship. There must be a performance. And then after the performance, uh, 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 not yet, not yet, not yet. So, so then after the performance, then there is a proclamation. And that proclamation is now we are in relationship together. You see their potential. They perform. And then you proclaim that you are in relationship with that person. Sisters, brothers, y'all hear me. I'm trying to help somebody. See the potential first. Give them some time to perform. Don't just jump off of potential, but let them prove themselves through their performance. And then you proclaim that we are in relationship together. Amen, everybody. I hope I just saved you a lifetime of headache. Because I want you to let see the potential, see the potential, see them perform, and then you proclaim, now we're together. Now, let's deal with this through St. John um, uh, um, 13, 14, 13 through 15. Uh, in the scripture, in St. John 15, there demonstrates two relationships here. All right. There's the natural relationship. In the Greek, it is doulos which means a slave, okay? In, in St. John 15, when you read this, it talks about the, the word of God says about how I command you to, to do these things, and that is that is called a slave. Now, let me be, I want to explain this, keep this graphic up, I want to explain this to you, that in the Bible, when they said the word slave, they were not talking about people that were in chains that you were whooping and doing all this stuff, no. In the Bible, a slave was a person that may have to pay a debt, and that person gave themselves to their debtor to work for them for a period of time to pay their debt. A slave was also a servant, which means it was anybody who was under somebody else's command. You know, really, if you had a job, you were a servant slash slave because anybody who had a master, 
anybody who had uh, a person that was over them that was considered a slave. Okay, in order to pay debts, they gave themselves to people to pay debts. So the Bible never condoned slavery because some people use these scriptures to talk about how slavery was right and, and owning people was right. No, as a matter of fact, even in the year of Jubilee, those that were slaves were released. Okay, and even and, and even and though they gave their stuff back to them, you know, it, listen, like it, it, God never condoned slavery because those it was a different type of servant and slave that he was talking about. But it was really anybody who was under the, the leadership of a master, not somebody who was chaining them down, whooping them, selling them and doing all kind of crazy stuff. No, that's not what God was talking about. In the Bible. Now, but in this relationship, it talks about. There was the natural relationship of the doulas. In the Greek, it is doulas, uh, doulas, doulas, yes. Uh, it, was a, it was a slave. And then the spiritual relationship is philos, which is a friend. So this scripture deals with two different relationships. It deals with the, uh, the doulas, excuse me, and it deals with the philos. The doulas was a slave. The spiritual relationship was the philos, the friend. Now, let's go through it and walk through the three different steps and components of how to have a divine relationship. Let's develop a divine relationship through St. John 15 at this text that we took up uh, today. Now, let's look at it. Um, so the number one is, um, the question is, how do we transition? Here's the question. How do we transition from the natural relationship as a slave to this divine relationship as a friend, okay? That's the question. How do we transition from being a slave and servant of God to being a friend of God? Because that's where we want to go. We want to get to that philos. We want to get to the spiritual relationship where we're not just following God's command, but we are familiar with him in friendship. Now, number one, he looks at potential, okay? So when we look at St. John 15 and 13, Jesus died. It says that greater love hath no man than this. Here's what the scripture says. Listen, St. John 15 and 13 says, greater love hath no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. Now, Jesus is calling us friends before we even obey him. Before we even are born, before we are even thinking about serving Jesus, he calls us friend enough to die for us and says that I'm going to die for my friend. Now, why does God die for us when he does, when we're not even existing and, 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 and we're not even in right relationship, we are born sinners. Why does he do that? He does that because of he's because of the potential that he sees. <laughs> Y'all get with me that I'm trying to bring this full circle to you. I'm trying to show you that Jesus died based on potential. <laughs> Jesus died on what man could be. My God, he dies based on what man could be. Jesus died. He could see the potential that man could actually serve me if he had a savior that would come and die for him. 
my God. How many of y'all are grateful right now and you ought to shout hallelujah that God died for you even when you were not thinking about him, even when you had no thought about uh, the, the being a save and being saved, but God died for you even when you weren't thinking about him, but he saw your potential. My God. Oh, my God. Somebody put in chat, Lord, thank you for seeing my potential. Thank you, oh God, for seeing my potential. Guess what? And guess what? I want to make him right. <laughs> uh, is God right about you? <laughs> uh -huh. my, my question is, God, God said and God saw your potential that you would serve him. Now, here's my question to you. Is he right? Was he right about you? Was God right about you? Did, did God die for nothing? because you won't serve him or, or, or did God die for a good reason because you are giving him your life you are giving him your heart you are giving him your relationship you are coming into relationship with him and you are loving him back <laughs> oh God let God be right about you because he saw that you were worth saving and he saw your potential Jesus died and called you a friend before you were a friend because he saw your potential. My God. Performance. The next thing is you got to see perform. So then in St. John uh, 15 and 14, it says, it says that, that you are my friends if you keep my commandments. You are my friends if you keep my commandments. Now, you can't always base it on potential. I told you at some point you have to transition from potential to performance. So now you have to perform as a friend. You know, now he says, I've already died for you based off your potential. Now he says, you are my friend. If you obey what I say, if you do what I tell you to do, if you keep my commandments. So our obedient service to God causes us to transition from servants in the flesh to spiritual friends with God. Hear me. Our obedient service to God transitions us from being a servant in the flesh to being a friend with God in the spirit. Hallelujah. I'm a friend of God. <laughs> uh -huh. I like this next I like this next verse too because he based he based our relationship off of potential so he died. And then he put it on me to perform, to obey his word. So after Jesus dies, the relationship is not complete until I fulfill his word. My God. Y'all hear me? Your relationship is not complete until you fulfill the word of God. Until you obey his commandment. He said, you are my friends if you keep my commandments. My God. So there must be a performance. Tell your neighbor there must be a performance. Jesus has already died. Now you got to perform. You still got to do your work. You still got to obey. Hallelujah. Now, there's potential. There's performance. And then the last thing is there's proclamation. Now. Here's, here's the thing. In verse 15, St. John 15 and 15, the Bible says that Jesus says, Hence now I call you no more servants, but I call you friend. Thank you, Israel. I'm a friend of God. He calls me friend. 
He proclaimed me to be a friend. He, I didn't call myself, you. oh my God, you can't call yourself a friend of God. Oh my God. I feel like shouting without an organ. I feel like praising on a Tuesday. It's going up. I'm turning up on a Tuesday. You know what I mean? <laughs> Some people say the club is going up on a Tuesday. No, the, the, the word of God is going up on a Tuesday. I, I'm turned up on a Tuesday because, because you can't call yourself a friend. You hear me? You can't call yourself a friend of God. You can't walk around and say, well, I'm a friend of God. No, God has to call you his friend. <laughs> My God. God has to, has to declare and has to proclaim you as a friend. He said, he said, I proclaim. He said, I, he says, henceforth, I call you no more servant, but I call you a friend. My God. God calls you a friend because you performed based on his potential that he saw in you. He saw with you. How do I develop a relationship with God? I have his potential that he saw. I perform what he says. And then now I am I am acknowledging what he proclaimed. <laughs> he proclaimed me to be a friend of God. And now that's how I have a divine relationship with Jesus. Now, let's go back a little bit. And we're closing. We're closing. Let's go back a little bit. We talked about relationship in the beginning now, but let's look at this, bring this full circle, a divine relationship, a divine friendship. What is that? A divine relationship is an intimate, let's add this in here, spiritual connection with spiritual boundaries. And let's add this, and spiritual benefits. <laughs> My God. Keep this right here, Brandon. Keep this right here. A divine relationship, divine friendship with God is an intimate spiritual connection, my God, with spiritual boundaries, and it has spiritual benefits, my God. Listen, anything in the spiritual always dominates those things in the physical, okay? Anything in the spiritual always dominates the things that are in the spirit, in the, in the, in the physical, and so therefore, I have spiritual benefits. Somebody put it in chat. I have spiritual benefits. And spiritual benefits are greater than natural benefits because everything that is natural is temporary. My God. But everything that is spiritual is eternal. I'm in the word of God. Y'all better hear me. See, everything in the, in the natural uh, is only tangible. But things that are in the spiritual are invincible. My God. And so I have spiritual benefits. Like, I'm not just living off of what my daddy has. I'm not just living off of what I worked for. I'm not just living off of what I can obtain on my own. I have spiritual benefits. My God. Woo, my God. See, if you think your job benefits are great, man, wait until you see the spiritual benefits from God. If you think your insurance can cover anything, if you think Aetna and Blue Cross Blue Shield is great, listen, you better check out the spiritual package of Jesus because Jesus has the best benefits. He has spiritual benefits because guess what? Even if everything goes wrong on the earth, even if I leave out of here, even if I die in the earth, when I get out of here, I'm going to live in eternity with Jesus. <laughs> if you think I'm, don't be jealous of me down here because guess what? This ain't all that God got for me. <laughs> when I get to heaven, I'm going to put on my spiritual shoes. I got shoes. Oh, 
guys, church of God's church. And guess what? I'm gonna walk around heaven on streets of gold. And guess what? I ain't living in no apartment. I ain't living in no shack. I got a mansion. <laughs> when I get up there, guess what? The spiritual benefits of God are not all fulfilled here in the earth. They're not all fulfilled in the, in the spirit, in the natural. They are fulfilled in eternity. So there are some things God is going to give me now, and there's something God is going to give me later. <laughs> if you ain't shouting, you ain't saved. If you, if you ain't dancing right now in your car, if you ain't speaking enough, you, you ain't saved. Because guess what? Because there's spiritual benefits happen now and later. <laughs> oh, my God. I got guaranteed gifts from God. My God. I got guaranteed glory that's going to come to me when I get to heaven. I'm going to live in the glory of Jesus all day long. It ain't going to be nothing but day. <laughs> My God. What's the benefit of serving in a friendship with God? The benefit is now and in eternity, I will experience the benefits of Jesus. Hallelujah. And he's the only one that can offer that kind of package. He's the only one that can offer you that kind of benefit of now and in eternity. He's going to cover you now and he's going to be with you forever in eternity. Hallelujah. I got some I got some loved ones up there. Come on, somebody. I got a mother up there. I got a, I got a sister up there. I got some uh, grandmothers up there. Listen, listen. But, but, but guess what? Man, when I see Jesus. Oh, my God. I'm going to see him and experience all the spiritual benefits of Jesus in eternity. My God. It's the best package you could have. The best package out there. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to sign up for the Jesus benefit package tonight. I want you to sign up for the benefit package of Jesus tonight. I want you to sign up for him. Here's how you sign up. The Bible says repent. Here's how you sign up for the benefit package of Jesus and the friendship with him. The Bible says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says, Acts, he, he says, listen, you got to turn from your wicked ways and turn from what you're doing and turn toward God. He says, you got to go down in water in Jesus' name and, and let his spirit and his blood cleanse you. And that water represents the cleansing of your soul and your heart forever. And the Bible says when you come out of there, the Bible says you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You shall receive gift, the gift of the Holy Ghost with evidence, with speaking with tongues as other tongues of the Spirit of God give you the utterance. The Spirit of God will give you the ability to speak heavenly languages. And that's your initial evidence that you have received the Holy Spirit. And then you will live a life of serving him and obeying him and you will live a life of boundaries and benefits in God. And then after you finish this life, you will go with him into eternity. My God. So, I mean, hey, maybe you hadn't heard it. Maybe it's been a while since you've known it, but I offer you today the benefit package of a divine relationship and friendship with God. And so our, our lesson for today is how to develop a divine friendship with God. It's the best friendship you're ever going to have. It's the most worthy relationship that you can create right now. And it is the relationship that God is calling you to. If you're working on anything, hear me. If you're working on anything, I want you to work on your friendship with God. Work on your relationship, your divine relationship with God. Because tonight, as you go back and, and re-hear re this and listen to this again, we talked about 
how to develop and developing a divine relationship, a divine friendship with God. Listen, I, I want you to call our 1-800 number. Uh, it's 1-800, but it's 833-247-8326. If you need prayer, if you want to receive Christ, if you want to know more about Christ, if you want scriptures on how to have peace and how to have love in your life, if you want more about, to know about God, if you want more revelations or you can have more relationship with Jesus, I want you to call this number or you can go to our website, uh, theeverydaychurch.org, and you can uh, connect with us there. Uh, we have our team that will be available to you. I want you to make sure that you go to theeverydaychurch.org, theeverydaychurch.org. There's buckets of benefits there. There's buckets of messages. There's buckets of, uh, of so many in interesting things. There's so much facts and information. My book is online. Don't forget about my book. Y'all still can buy the book online, uh, 21 Days of Powerful Living. Make sure you download that ebook. Uh, that will be good for you. It's just $7. Make sure you get the ebook. Go to our online store and get the ebook for the Everyday Church. Thank you, man. Uh, so, so thank you. Uh, you can purchase the ebook today, uh, The Everyday Church, 21 Days of Powerful Living. And listen, it's 2020. So listen, 2021, excuse me. So we got 21 Days of Powerful Living. I want you to make sure that you go to there and you you purchase that book for just $7. It's an ebook download. Come right to your phone. Okay. Uh, um, but listen, there's so much more coming for The Everyday Church. Call, connect with us, subscribe to our YouTube page. Let me, let, I'm going to give you a snippet. Okay. Uh, and I'm getting offline. Here's a snippet of what's coming down the pipeline. Okay, our ministerial academy is going to launch uh, very soon. We're looking at the summertime. So those that want to know more about ministry and how to minister and be effective in, on, in the pulpit, be effective in life, be effective in your family, be effective as a minister. I want you to, to be a part of this. I am looking for the next generation of preachers and teachers that I want to empower them. Uh, some solid teaching on how to be effective in ministry. You don't have to be young. You can be old. You can be as old as you want to. Uh, so I'm looking for ministers that's in this generation that want to know more about uh, how to deliver, how to effectively pontificate the word of God. All right. So please uh, be looking out for the ministry academy. Also, our teen uh, summer camp is coming up. Uh, our youth camp is coming up. Easter is coming up, man. We have a wonderful uh, time planned for Easter and Resurrection Sunday. Uh, our women's uh, self-care Saturday is coming up again. I believe the first week in May, May 1st, self-care Saturday is coming up. Yes, man, you got to be a part of that. The, the, the last self-care Saturday was was so much fun. Uh, I, I'm not a woman, but I, hey, I, I was working behind the scenes and, and it was it was wonderful, man. So they, the women enjoyed it. This is what I heard. The women enjoyed it. So so make sure you hear more information about our self-care Saturday. Uh, also, our Marriage Academy will be coming up soon. We will be doing again our Marriage Academy. Listen, we've been counseling. My wife and I have been counseling with couples for a long, a lot of couples in this year. In this year, we've been counseling with a lot of couples. So somebody needs Marriage uh, Academy, okay? So when the next time we put up Marriage Academy, you and your mate sign up. It's just $20 per week. It's only four weeks. Make sure that you sign up for Marriage Academy, okay? And, and, and make sure you're there doing that. Now, next week, we have our growth groups for our men and women. I believe our teen growth group is tomorrow. You can still go online right now, and you can sign up to be a part of our teen growth group uh, because they will launch out tomorrow. Tomorrow, 
Wednesday, I believe at eight o'clock will be our teen growth group. If you want to get the link, the Zoom link to be a part of that uh, session with just teens, there's no adults, it's just teens ministering to teens. Be a part of that tomorrow night at 8 p.m. And then also next Wednesday, we will have our men's growth group and our women's growth group next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Be a part of it. It is phenomenal. That is our that is the core of our ministry, our growth groups, because we get a chance to really talk with one another and be real and be 100 during that time about life in Christ, you know, but about real life issues with real life solutions. OK, with people from all over the country. All right. Listen, on behalf of my wife, uh, First Lady Walisha, uh, my daughters, uh, Adriana and Peyton, uh, the Everyday Church family, we love you in Christ. My family is praying for you. We're planning things that can be a blessing to the body of Christ and to people everywhere. And so I love my unit. I love my family. I want them to know that. And my family loves you. I want you to know that as well. Okay. And God bless you is our prayer. And we'll see you next time here at the Everyday Church.